Welcome back to the Grizzlies podcast here at the Commercial Appeal. It's been a long off-season hiatus for us, but we are back. Media day just happened. Training camp is starting. The first preseason game is really close. The regular season is a little bit further away, but also close. Um, I'm Mark Giannato, the Commercial Appeal Sports columnist. I'm joined by David Cobb, our Grizzlies beat writer. Jason Munns is in the house producing. Um, so now that the season here is here, David, we've gone through media day. Um, what were, I guess, your immediate takeaways from what you heard from this new look Grizzlies, uh, franchise? Well, first off, Mark, I'd just like to say, uh, thank you for taking the reins on that intro. Um, you now are also a full-time radio host. Um, Mm -hmm. so I feel like you're more qualified to do the intros now and, and you did a great job on that one. Um, also I'd like to say that I'm a little bit out of it right now because I was at the dentist at like 7.15 this morning, Mm -hmm. and the left side of my mouth is still numb because they had to put in a substantial temporary crown. Um, Mm. So things are just a little off right now. But as far as... What does that mean for Josh Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think that... that, I don't know know the ins and outs, Mark, of of Josh Jackson's oral health, um, but I can tell you that I was... Um, somewhat surprised with the level of optimism expressed by the Grizzlies leaders yesterday about Josh Jackson. I mean, we've heard that he's going to the hustle, and so it's sort of this, ooh, wow, that, that stings. Woof, this guy's number former number four overall pick, and he's going to be in the G League, but, well, well, but we're actually optimistic about this. And according to them, he was excited about it, which I wish that we could talk to that him. That sounds like, and, and this is pun intended, they were blowing some smoke up his butt yesterday. Yeah, probably. As a man I mean, who was accused of blowing smoke in his baby's face, marijuana smoke. Here's here's as a as a father of young child, how does that make you feel? Uh, I don't think I would blow marijuana smoke in my son's face. Um, but here's here's my question for what you. other types of smoke with Josh Jackson? We'll get to everything else. Jaron Jackson, John Morant, Zach Kleiman, and Taylor, uh, Taylor Jenkins spoke. Um, Grayson Allen had a sort of Mia culpa. Oh, he brought me to tears. Yeah, um, and held a dog, um, and so and, and all that stuff. But let's go. Like since we're starting with Josh Jackson, my question to you about Josh: If is he really like to me in terms of his skill level? I don't see how it makes any sense for him to be playing in the G League, like or, or training, going to training camp in the G League. Like essentially what they're saying is we have so many questions about you as a person that we don't want you anywhere near our team. Yeah, well, that is what they're saying. Well, I think from a basketball standpoint, they've got to be careful because if they're not careful, what this turns into is Josh Jackson having the highest usage rate in the G League for however long he's down there and scoring 34 points a game. That's not what that needs to be. It needs to be kind of like what Ivan Rab's G League stint was last year where they sent him down there and they were like, Ivan, shoot three-pointers you need to learn how to shoot three-pointers he went down there he shot a bunch he got better at it and then he came back later in the season and, and shot still three-pointers and it wasn't shooting at least he, at least well he started trying them um so with josh jackson it doesn't need but, to be whoa whoa we got josh jackson down here with the like, hustle going score it needs to be hey josh jackson here are x y and z that we need you to work on to expand I, your game but to me it strikes me it has nothing to do with basketball because if it was after 
it to me it serves no purpose basketball wise. Yeah, I mean, to I, send him down to the G I, League. I get, I get what you're getting at, which is you know they I've just they they've decided character wise we don't want you around this team. Well, and I think it, like they can say yes, whatever they want, sure, but yeah. that's what they've decided. Okay, fine. It feels but, like, but I think it's also I think it's also a motivational ploy. I yeah, think that, I think this I can is a guy that. who I can has see that. You know, kind of, what he was a top ten prospect coming out of high school. He's been handed a lot of things, right? Exactly. So this is a hey, you got to go prove it situation, and mm-hmm. it might light a fire under him. You don't, you never know. I mean, yeah. Uh, so I think that's kind of where this is headed. But I mean, here's the, here's the deal. I was looking at the dates um, last night, and they've got to have their fifteen man roster finalized by October the twenty first. <laughs> well, the hustles training camp doesn't even start until October the twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? What what do you infer when I tell you that? I don't know. What do you think? Well, he's got to be on the. It's it's got. It's that he's got to be on the fifteen man roster. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, this is all um, irrelevant. Or they're trying to trade him right now. Yeah, but would they have really let the world know they thought he was a G League player? No, you're probably right. No, you're probably right. So uh, I think that no, he's. I mean, I think he's going to be on the fifteen man roster. But three days after hustle training camp starts. October thirty first is the team option date for the following season. So they're not going to pick him up. So what? What is his purpose with this team this year? If he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season, how much are they even going to invest in him if he does turn everything around with the hustle? And and, I mean, they've got other other wings they've got more invested in. Well, here's the one point I would make: if you look at this roster right now, Andre Godala, not here. Um. Yeah, Kyle Anderson probably not available. Kyle Anderson probably not available. DeAnthony Melton. DeAnthony out. Melton out. Yeah. Who else? There's a fourth I'm missing. Oh, and then you've got Josh Jackson. So essentially, your backups at the two and the three are Grayson Allen and Marco Gudurich. Is that how you pronounce it? Gudurich. Gudurich. Uh, and you have to like do your Bond villain accent. Gudurich. Gudurich. Um, he had like eleven people tell him how great his English was yesterday. I was kind of like, well blowing smoke up but um but i guess that's okay i guess that like that seems kind of having a guy a, a, a second year guy who we don't know if he can keep his cool on the court and didn't have a particularly inspiring rookie year well, I mean, it's just and a guy a, from the euro league who you know i don't view it as has never as, played an nba game as that big of an issue because you want all those guys to get their opportunities at some point this season anyway and the way it's shaken out is just that you know guterich and and grayson allen are probably going to get their opportunities earlier you know i've and just always it, felt like if you could get josh jackson's head screwed on straight which is a big if i mean other than Jaron and Ja, he's got more upside than anyone. On yeah, the but but team. Here, the problem with this, the way this is shaping up, and the point I was trying to make is that look, there's no way they're going to pick up that team option if if all they have seen out of him is three days of yeah. hustle training camp. So then all of a sudden he's in the final year of his contract, and let's say he does prove himself to be hard to keep off the court and a guy that oh wow like he actually fits really nicely with with Ja and Jaron and oh wow he that leap that he took from year one to year two where he improved his three-point shot he's taking another leap year two well, they to got year a three. lot of cap space you know I mean yes but you know if Josh Jackson proves himself to be anything close to what the pundits thought he was coming out of high school or coming out of Kansas then uh, all of a sudden you know, it might be hard to keep him. You might be you might be having to pony up, or he might have a chance to to go somewhere else and make more money. So um, there's just a lot of uncertainty on Jackson, in, in my view, because of the way these dates shake out. 
and uh, it, it just seems hard to imagine him being a part of the long-term plan, although Zach Kleiman did say that that uh, they're open to, to anyone, anyone who's in this mix right now being a part of the long-term mix, and I believe that. I believe that entering this training camp, I don't think they've made their mind up about who's going to be cut on this team yet. I think there's some guys who are certainly entering training camp behind the eight ball or who have a lot to prove, but I'm not ready to say 100, with 100% certainty that Ivan Rab's definitely out. I mean, do we think he's probably going to get cut? That would be the one of the we, two that I would pick right now. But and we forgot about. I think I think the situation on the wing probably seems like a good sign that Bruno has a good chance of making the team as well. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, Bruno is essentially Giannis on Antetokounmpo two point So <sighs> okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He he certainly can miss three pointers like Giannis. Can. Sorry, that was the Novocaine talking. <laughs> no, that, that was the Novocaine. He's fine. He's like intriguing. No. I, yeah. Like, he, it would be. He's one of those guys where it would be. A, it would be a darn shame to, to see him have to go because they kept Iggy, Iggy and Josh Jackson on their roster. It'd be well. Well, darn. Well, somebody else is going to pick up Bruno, and and you you know what? On March 11th, he's going to be at FedEx Forum and drop. You know, twenty six points on. Well, let's be fair. No, he was a G League player before the Grizzlies picked him up, and no, it wasn't like he was some intriguing. It, he was picked up because Jerry Stackhouse liked him. Yeah, yeah. So it's oh. not like teams were clamoring for Bruno Caboclo. Yeah, but he showed before. enough with with what he did for Memphis after he was picked up to probably earn himself a shot somewhere else. So I, I think you're yeah, right. I think maybe. Bruno. Bruno's probably he's got fine. a shot. I certainly, you know? if you look at this roster, you oh, certainly no. he's more intriguing yes. than He's several. more intriguing than Solomon Hill. But, oh, yeah. but the problem is, one, after hearing Solomon Hill's interview yesterday, I was like, oh, well, I would kind of like for this guy to be around because he had a lot to say and he was – I enjoyed it. Well, but, the other thing is there's no way Solomon Hill is taking a discount if you want to buy him out. Yeah, they would have probably have to wave all. him out right because, I mean, I don't think there's a guarantee that he gets – picked Picked up up. so um with solomon hill from a basketball standpoint he does make sense to cut i think but yeah he his 12 plus million dollar expiring contract holds a lot of value as the trade deadline nears uh because there's a lot that you can do with that to bring back you know future dead money or what have you to to get some picks you know there's just there's just some creative possibilities there with that sort of contract that this front office being as savvy as they seem to be, um, they would probably, I think, kind of hate to to see those possibilities go away. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I do legitimately believe that you know every guy out there, with the exception of maybe Matt Mooney, you know, has a chance to make the roster. Assuming Mooney, who's who's on an exhibit ten, assuming he gets cut, they'll have to cut two after that. So uh, I don't know. I I think there's a little. A lot of Grizzlies fans have asked me and are talking about like who who are they gonna cut? like ultimately like I mean I I hate to say this like who cares who they cut like this season it, what, yeah. this season is about John Morant it's about Jaron Jackson and it's about finding a couple other guys that you maybe think are long term pieces to surround them yeah with. so I, like whether they whether it's Solomon Hill or no Bruno Caboclo or Ivan like who cares like like I mean I guess if you really think Bruno Caboclo I thought you were naming the players who you thought were gonna fit long term next to no 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 No, it's about like Brandon Clark Dylan Brooks figuring out what those guys are Josh Jackson like figuring out what those guys are and then obviously 
figuring i mean like i'm curious what you think of just you know they it was hard for taylor jenkins and zach Kleiman. they couldn't really enunciate like they don't i don't think they have any specific goals in mind like i i actually do believe them when they're like it's just about getting better it's like cliche but like ultimately like the mission of this season is be better at the end of the season than you were at the beginning of the season and like well, it's it hard to quantify. It's like a feeling. It's like you want to feel you good. You want to feel like the Hawks felt at the end of last year. Yes. Where it was like, wow, we really stunk in November, but by golly, Trey Young and John Collins have turned it on here late. Um, if you feel that way about John Jaron this year's success. Uh, one thing that I've kind of made my mind up on uh, over the last week or so, Mark, is that I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to have a monster year. What do you mean? What, is, what does monster mean? Uh, well, so... Here in Memphis, those of us who have covered the Grizzlies um, over the last year, every Grizzlies fan who's watched even a little bit of what happened last year, they realize, hey, this this Jaron Jackson Jr. guy, he's pretty good. And, of course, he made the all-NBA rookie first team and, and stuff like that. But I still don't think that he's gotten the recognition nationally, uh, perhaps, and I think that nationally people are, are sleeping on Jaron a little bit because if you look at the hype surrounding Ja as opposed to Jaron, it's exponentially more for Ja. And mm-hmm. I think that, that Jaron is going to take a huge step. One, he's worked on his game, he's improved, okay? So that's you know sort of the basis. But, but also the thing that, that's really going to put this over the edge for Jaron is that last season they were playing through Mike Conley and Marcus Saul. They were playing a slower pace. And then after the trade deadline, when they did speed things up, Jaron was out. And so we never got to see how he would fit in an up-tempo, let-it-fly type of style. Well, that's what they're going to play it, this year. Let it bleep, let the bleep bleep fly. According to Dylan Brooks. Yes. So I think Jaron's going to have a, a, a – I think he could average over 20 points a game this year. I think it would be huge if he could get close to 10 rebounds a game. I, that would be a – I don't a, think he's going to get It would be a huge jump. I think he's going to be in the, maybe the 7 or 8 range there, but – yeah, I think I think we're going to look up in March, and and the rest of the country is going to be talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot more. Well, here's what I would say. Also, like someone's going to have to score on this team, exactly. And like you know, like it's you know, and the ball's going to be in his hands a lot. Yeah, and, and so like, I mean, look at what Jonas did last year, and in this sort of in a in not this system, but an up tempo style. Yeah, and I don't think Jonas is going to be. Well, because he doesn't shoot threes. I mean, I know they're yeah. saying he's expanding his range, but... Yeah, let's be real. I mean, he might shoot one three now, a game. Now, how you know? concerned are you? Now, now, what side of the fence do you fall on in terms of, like, Taylor Jenkins made it very clear, like, it's whether it's let the bleep bleep fly or let it fly, whatever. Yeah, he probably says let the MF fly behind the scenes, but it's let it fly when he's talking to the cameras. Um, how do you feel about the fact that he... It seems like he what he's doing right now is he's saying this is my system, and we're gonna play it regardless of the fact that our personnel doesn't necessarily totally fit this system. Like he wants to shoot, th- he wants them to be able to have a green light to shoot threes. Uh, when the fact is, there's two guys on the roster who shot better than thirty five percent from three. It gives me in the nightmare NBA flashbacks year. to Tennessee and Butch Jones trying to run the read option with Justin Worley at quarterback. But like, where do you fall? Do you, if you're a co- so like, I've covered multiple angles of this in terms of like when I was at, when I covered Michigan when John Beeline came in his first year, he basically said, you know what, these players don't fit what I'm trying to do, but I'm just going to do what I do, and they went ten and twenty two. Yikes! You know, 
but then the next year they made the NCAA tournament. And I know that's college basketball, but like, yeah, that, I think do you do you ta- do you do the do you do the yeah, short term well, pain here's, here's for the, the long term gain, or do you try to maximize what you have? You know what I'm going to say. You had the stat in your column. It was what they had three players who shot. Better two or three than, yeah, who shot better than 35 percent last yeah. year i mean 36 percent is kind of the nba benchmark where it's like mm-hmm. okay this guy's an okay three-point shooter uh i think it it tells you everything that they felt like they needed to go out and sign marco gadurich yeah here's a guy that that didn't even play for the serbian national team in their game against the united states in the FIBA world cup he was not a starter for the serbian national team now granted the serbian national team is good they've got a, a they beat america of nba players but yeah, I mean, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that they don't have the enough shooters to really do this well. And maybe the style, maybe here's where I'll give them the benefit of the doubt here. Maybe the style, the, the up-tempo, let it fly, go look into the post early, getting out on the break. Maybe all this is going to kind of uh, free the floor up more and create more spacing sort of um, organically. And so guys will have better looks. I don't know. I mean, that's the only thing I can kind of. Uh, I mean, Ja for one was very upset with how NBA 2K portrayed his three-point <laughs> shooting ability. Yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he feels like he is a better three-point shooter than the video game th- would suggest. This is where it's on. You know, this is where Dylan Brooks's game is huge. I mean, well, this it feels like we were talking about Josh Jackson. It feels like like do you what about him? Like what about his qualifying offer? Yeah. Do you think he gets it? Well, doesn't isn't he do? Don't they have to? They, yeah, they have to make October a decision 31st. on him. October thirty first. What do you do with him? Because he's a guy who obviously showed a lot of promise his rookie year. Was I think people overlook this because he got hurt and missed most of the year. Was not very good at the start of last year. Wait, you're talking about Dylan Brooks? Yes. Yeah, I think Dylan you said Brooks. Josh Jackson. Yeah. So yeah no, I was saying we were talking about Josh Jackson. Like now you've got this a uh, homegrown guy, look, if you yeah, will. Look, the, the, what do you do with Dylan? The world Brooks is there here? for Dylan Brooks to take. I yeah, but mean, what what are the? Do you think the Grizzlies, without anything else but the last two years, do they do they give him that option? You think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think he gets the benefit of the doubt, whereas Josh Jackson does not. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a chance that Dylan, Brooks, even though he's, it's not like he's some angel off the court either. Oh uh, well, you've been reading the TMZ stuff, man. Like at least the Josh Jackson stuff's been reported by reputable sources. Like if somebody asked me to write the Dylan Brooks stuff that you're referencing, I would say no way am I touching that. So uh, we'll just leave the readers and their Google searches up to to find that one, but. Yeah, so no, I let's just say he's going to need the money if the reports are accurate. Yeah, okay. Um all right, Mark. <laughs> this is a, a family newspaper, not okay. not your your salacious afternoon radio show. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Um so so but yeah, it does it feels like a gigantic year for Dylan Brooks because more than likely he's going to be the starting shooting guard. Shooting guard. He's going to be in a freewheeling system that's more like what he played in at Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I think he's – even though, you, like you said, the offense is going to run through Jaron and Ja, it, he's going to have a lot of opportunities himself, yeah. it feels like. Do you kind of do you kind of look back on it now and, and say, man, wouldn't Tyler Dorsey kind of fit this system? Talking about the Oregon guys and the way they played out there when they made the Final Four and what Dorsey showed after yeah, the trade but they, I mean, they made a decision on with Ty, having Tyus Jones. I mean, like, I don't think you can have Tyus and Tyler Dorsey on the roster, yeah. to me. Like, you got to pick one. And I think probably Tyus probably brings 
more things to the table, although Tyler brings better shooting and mm-hmm. it would have been cheaper. Um, but so I don't know. I, again, that's like one of those where like it feels whatever to me, just like the last two cuts. It's like, um, yes, we can debate over it and it's, it's fun fodder for the preseason, but like ultimately like do I, did I think Tyler Dorsey was going to be a guy who was going three years from now going to be a contributor on a Grizzlies playoff team? No, you do. Well, you never know. Look, Ben McLemore has turned a corner after he left the Grizzlies. Um, okay, so Mark, you said something yesterday when we were talking that I wanted to circle back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, this idea that by January, you think a lot of Grizzlies fans are going to be checked out, um, and I'm want to know I, I, why you think that because I, this is everyone not, knows not what this necessarily year is. Grizzlies fans, but I do think like if this team's not very good. I do think like people, the Grizz, Grizzlies fans, like the diehards, the people listening to this podcast, will be invested in and Ja and Jaron. And, and, and I do think there is, the, the Grizzlies do have one thing going for them, you know, even if the record stinks, is that, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you, it, there's, an, there's something about getting in on the ground floor with Jaron and Ja that is, that is, um, intoxicating in a way like you you know you can say because you can envision two or three years from now like them being 23 and and competing for playoff spots and you can say you know remember when um but at the same time i mean there's only a certain like if they're let's say they get to january and they're i don't know 10 and 22 like the record you know like and the and the tigers bas- the tiger basketball is rolling and let's say the football team is in a new year's six bowl like stuff like i just i i i find it hard to believe the entire city is really going to be like i i do believe there's going to be plenty of grizzlies fans invested in the development of of jaren and ja but in terms of like capturing the city's attention like no I don't. I think by January, February, people like the common fan will be checked out because the common fan is not looking at the nuance. Oh well, look! Did you see what Jaron did the other night in terms? He he really he's reading the pick and roll better now, and he's you know like they're 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 not into that. They're gonna see the record and they're gonna be like, all right, well, they're not very good. Like I mean, I think like like I'm not talking about the diehard fan. I'm talking about the casual sports fan in this city. I, I, I mean, I, I just think the history shows like and it's not just in Memphis when, you know, like people want to root for competitive teams. And I'm not sure this team's I don't think this team's going to be uber competitive. Yeah. The, well, I mean, look at like the Hawks last year. I, I, I'd be curious to know, like, I think the, the, the NBA at large was interested in them at the end of last year. I'd be interested to know how many people in Atlanta were super interested in them at the end of last year. Yeah, that's a good point, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Maybe I, I, I could very well be wrong. And, you know, I'm underestimating the passion for basketball here. But I just feel like, especially because Memphis Tiger basketball is going to be rolling more than likely. And and I'm not one of those people who thinks the city can't support both at the same time. I think that's nonsense. But I do think the casual sports fan is going to be like, oh, well, look, the Memphis Tigers are, you know, 
twenty and three, and and the Grizzlies are ten, 10 and twenty two. And I, what which which one am I going to focus on? I'm going to focus on the one that's you know, that, twenty. And that three. ten and twenty two um, record is is not the worst because it's it puts them ahead of the pace that the seventy sixers set in their year one of their process. When I think they won well, I think nine that, games. Well, but I think they're ahead of the six. Like I think that was what the lottery did this year is that it pushed them past tank mode like they don't need to tank they got the young guys already and so they're already on that they already they skipped a step in the rebuilding process um now that's not to say they're not going to go through some painful uh a painful process this year at times because i mean i'm like as promising as John Jaron are, we were just talking about like there's not a ton of depth on this roster. Uh, well, here's I like think- like I I think people like you know like we don't know we don't know if Grayson Allen's an NBA player. We don't know if Marco Gudurich is an NBA player. We don't know if Miles Plumley is an NBA player. You know that's three right there. We don't know if Kyle, when Kyle Anderson's going to be able to play. We don't know you know we don't know. I guess let's let's count DeAnthony Melton as NBA player, even though. You know, Small this back injury. Well, and this back injury seems. It's I'm skeptical yeah. about him coming back early in the season. Yeah, he he, he said he felt like he was even ahead of the timetable that's been given. Okay, so well, so so. But, but let's count let's count him in the NBA player part of this. Like he's pr- showed promise. You know, Josh Jackson. You don't even know if he's going to be on the team at any point. Who knows? He probably will be, but we'll see. Yeah, um, so so if your starting lineup is Solomon Hill, you don't know if he's going to be on the team. Yeah, but but if your starting lineup is is Ja Dillon, Jay Crowder, Jaron Jackson Jr. But as we Tunis. learned last year, they had a pretty good starting lineup last year, and it didn't really you know. But then like remember like as you got into the season, it didn't matter in terms of winning and losing games because your bench was so bad. Yeah, Marshawn Brooks really didn't get it done for him. Like, no, no. Like, if you looked at the numbers, like their starting lineup last year was like one of the top ten or twelve yeah. starting lineups in the league. Well, I actually think there's a decent chance that that their second unit, led by Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, NBA player. Like, it feels like yeah. they have seven or eight NBA. Yeah, players. yeah. So if Kyle Anderson's healthy and Tyus Jones is he's leading not the healthy unit. though. I was I looked at him. He didn't look like he had done any. Like, and this is not to say like he was fat or anything but you could just tell i saw him last year and comparing him to this year he well, has not done a ton of cardiovascular stuff right now yeah his body language was down too yes it was noticeable and so that that was like i con- would not expect him i would ex- i I'm, I'm gonna say this right now i bet you he doesn't play the first 30 games of the year at least yeah so did anything that, that you learned in terms of, of kyle um in terms of just what Zach and, and Taylor had to say, did any of that kind of sway you in any direction as I far mean, as the honestly, win total? I mean, honestly, I came away, and people, I'm going to come off as like a negative Nancy or whatever Josh Pastner used to say. Mm, yeah. I, I think I think a lot of us got, I, I, maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't project this on other people. I think I got a little ahead of myself and, just because they had a fantastic off season in terms of the moves they made, I think that I allowed that to color a little bit of how I felt about what this team might do this year. Um, just because they made like, but the fact is, a lot of their best moves this off season were not meant to help this year's team. You know, it was for the future. And when I when I got there yesterday and talking to these guys and just looking at the roster, it made me realize like this is not right now a good team. 
And like I would say like I don't know if I t- I don't think I'd take the over on 26. I think they're going to be right around there. Um negative Nelly. Yes. I'm I'm going to but like at the same time whether they win 22 games or 32 games doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Unless if, if John Morant if if Jaron Jackson Jr. averages twenty and seven, and John Morant is on the All Rookie Team, and they win twenty two games, successful season. That that would be a successful season. And then let's say Brandon Clark is encouraging. Boom, gravy. Yeah, absolutely. And then the the fourth piece of that would be you find a wing who can actually be a part of this thing moving yeah, forward. I'm a little skeptical of that, just given the Grizzlies history. I I just I think one thing that concerns me a little about Dylan Brooks. I think he thinks he's better than he actually is. Hey, you want a guy with some confidence. Yeah, but I don't want like I don't want a guy with too much confidence. I want a guy who understands he's a role player. Hey, let it fly, baby. That's what they're doing. Yeah, but I, I want so, like like Dylan Brooks ultimately on a playoff contender is a role player. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But but I mean, hey. But I, yeah. But you know, at the same time, he is a guy who can actually hit a shot, yeah. and they don't have a lot of those. Which is year. crucial. So uh, we've got just a few days remaining until the preseason opener. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll be there. Giannato, you're going to show up for the game against the New Zealand Breakers. Well, I haven't decided. I might go on Sunday. I don't know. It just depends. I got, yeah, I got a baby now, and you know, you got to mm-hmm. pick and choose your battles there in terms of what games you're going to. Um, so... I'd ra- like I'd rather I'd rather save my bullets so to speak for like the Lakers game than than go to the Maccabi. Are you gonna Are you gonna send me up to the upper press box again when LeBron comes to town? I don't know. We'll see. No, maybe not because that's a doubleheader day again. Oh, they got the Memphis. Mem- it's a big. Honestly, it's the biggest doubleheader since I've been here. Memphis will Miss at like noon, and then Lakers Grizzlies in the evening. Pretty pretty good doubleheader right there. That's not bad. That's not bad. Well, anything else Grizzlies related that we that we failed? I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, do we want to talk about Grayson Allen? Do we want to talk about his Mia culpa? Oh, I would just like to raise my hand and take credit for for getting him on that topic because everyone was like, well, you know, like uh, Grayson, I'm uh, how are you? Who feeling? are you imitating? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Who on the Grizzlies beat talks like that? Uh, Grayson, um, yeah, how was your off season? Do you fit in with this team? And like after like three or four minutes of that, I was like, oh, "All right, so Grayson, Grayson, <laughs> about the tripping." Yeah, stuff. <laughs> somebody. Here, here's here's my thing. He he came out and he was very uh, introspective, I guess, and was like talking about how like this is an issue, and it was very, I guess, took responsibility for it and whatever. And I just came away thinking. You know, it's fine, but it's like if you didn't learn your lesson with all the crap you went through at Duke your senior year, and like we're like like I couldn't help but think like two months ago this guy went nuts in a summer league game, essentially. And it's like, you know, if he didn't learn from the Duke experience where like he was like the lead of Sports Center because he was throwing temper tantrums on the bench and tripping people, like I'm just not convinced. I, you know, it was nice hearing all of it, and it was, you know, it, I res, you know, I, sh, you know, I mean, I guess I'm coming. He's off good. He's good at articulating it. Look, yeah. Well, let me ask you this, okay? If you're, you're Taylor, I just don't buy it. If you're Taylor Jenkins or Zach Kleiman, or for that matter, any other NBA executive or coach who you know might be looking for a wing. Does it matter? Does it matter that Grayson Allen trips people? Does it matter that he's got a bad? Oh reputation? no, I'm not saying they shouldn't give him a chance to play. I want to see what he can do okay, myself. But, but does it affect 
does it affect the way you view him as a player? If, if you're no, if you're not really. I just don't. I just didn't buy any of his like like just. I didn't buy just the whole like. You know, I'm I. You know, I studied psychology in college. That was what he said, and like you know, he was like get, delving deep into his mind. It's just like honestly, like he should like. It's like uh, almost like Razor Ramon. Like, just embrace being the bad guy, man. Yeah. Like, that, just like, like honestly, that's probably his best bet to make it in the NBA. I, I agree. Is like really embrace just who he is. I, I would instead of trying to like fight it and explain it off. Like, you know, say hello to the bad guy. Yeah, if he just you know, says, yeah, like in, I'm, in, I'm, in, in uh, Scarface. Like, honestly, like I I would have much rather heard him say that. Than what he said yet, like just say, you know what, like I'm kind of a jerk. On sometimes. the court, I'm kind of a jerk, you know, and like you know, I'm I'm really competitive, and sometimes it gets the best of me, but also it's what makes me a really good player. And I actually, that's what I believe. Like I think when he's at his best, he's kind of a jerk, and like if he tries, him trying to like stifle that is, you know, I guess on a in terms of a reputational basis, it will help. I guess, although I think a lot of people have already made up their mind on who Grayson Allen is. But in terms of who he is as a player and who he is, who he needs to be in order to make it in the NBA, I actually don't think that helps him whatsoever. You know, I think the the only way that Grayson Allen's on court temperamental issues really affect his ability to stay in the NBA, or if it becomes an issue in the locker room, is if yes. if his his teammates are, get fed up with it, or if his teammates have to answer questions from us. Uh, after Grayson does something ridiculous during a game, and and let's be real, if the dude hits some threes, does, everything's yes. going to be okay. That's exactly right. That's ultimately what they need him to do. They need him to hit some threes. If he doesn't hit any threes, he's probably not going to be on this in this on you this know, franchise if, in this franchise. If long-term. Tony Allen wasn't first team all defense, if he had been a scrub, people might have been ready to kick him off the team after he got teed up for throwing his towel onto the court. You know. But, oh, and I mean, th- this fan base is shown with TA, with, with Zebo. Like, they, 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 they don't, I mean, if you're, you know, temperamental or have some warts, they don't really care if you produce and you embrace the city. Right. So it's an interesting storyline and one that I'm sure will be visited numerous times during Grayson Allen's stint as a Grizzly. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, it all comes down to if he's good enough on the court, I don't think it's ultimately going to matter. But mm-hmm. is he going to be good enough on the court? I, I don't know. We, we didn't see yeah. a whole lot from him last year as a rookie with the Jazz. He he had an okay summer league, I think. Uh, this training camp's huge. The opportunity is out there for him. It's going to be a fun storyline to follow. What do you think about – this is the last question. What do you think about – it sounds like basically Taylor Jenkins came out and said Ja, Jaron, and Jonas are yeah. going to start, and the other two spots are up for grabs. My best guess would be Dylan Brooks and Jay Crowder. Yeah, I appreciated him just saying that those three guys are – But I want to ask you two things. One, Ja Morant. Basically, it sounds like it's going to have a long leash. Smart or not smart? Smart. Okay. Jay Crowder says he's all in. Really, like he was like very admirable. Like he's like, I want to be here to help this young core. Like he was all bought in. Um, he's still going to be traded at the deadline, right? Yeah, he's he's a guy that you know. We, maybe we haven't given him a, enough credit on this podcast for. His ability to shoot. I think he's a guy who can who can shot thirty two or thirty three percent. Okay, last well maybe year. not great, but but anyway. shot a lot of threes though. Yeah. Made a lot because he shot a lot. He shot a lot, so that he'll fit in well. Uh, yeah, if they get calls on Drake Jay Crowder um, and they can get some sort of value for him, yeah, absolutely. Like let's say let's say they let's say they release or do something with Solomon Hill and Jake Jay Crowder gets traded at the deadline. Here's here's my this is a short term concern. It doesn't really matter for the long term future of the franchise but 
do they have like do you stunt the growth of some of your young players a little bit by having so few veterans in not just even in the locker room but the coaching staff the front office is there in any way is that going to be an issue yeah. the fact that they don't like Jonas essentially is the only guy with any sort of you know long-term NBA experience I guess Kyle Anderson a little bit but well Crowder well but that's what I'm saying like Crowder is ultimately like I think a short-term guy here well not- yes I it, my answer is yes I think it could be an issue but I don't think they think that it's an issue because mm-hmm. the the phrasing that they used yesterday was that they got a critical mass of veterans. That's that's how they view it. And now, now in my opinion, I'm thinking here saying, well, you know, Plumlee's the only player born in the 1980s. Jenkins is 34. Kleiman's what 31. I mean, you know, so so I, I'm not saying that I don't have doubts about that, but I don't. They don't think that it's an issue, and so. Yeah, we kind of got to take them at their word well, that they've all, assembled like basically the, the three older the three oldest guys on the team. If they're here after the deadline, it's gonna uh, like I'm not predicting that. Like Plumley, Solomon Hill, Jay Crowder are all trade pieces. Yeah, you know. And then you've got Tyus Jones, who I guess is a veteran in this locker room. He is, yeah, but he's know, ultimately 23. Yeah, he'd be entering his second. NBA season had he stayed all four years at Duke. He's the same class. I mean, him and Grayson Allen were the same draft class or same class at Duke. Right. Um, And then you've got Jonas, who's like the one guy who's entrenched, I guess. But he's not a Rura sort of locker room. He strikes me as a good locker room guy, but not a leader. Yeah. So I, I, I just wonder if that. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm. I don't know. I, I'm just curious no, if that will stunt the growth I, of the team at all. I think you're, you're right to, to bring that into question because if you look back, I mean, look at the Suns. The Suns are like the ultimate cautionary tale for these Grizzlies. I mean, just look, look at the at Hawks. Them. The Hawks had Vince Carter, you know, and like, I, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, and and like, it's having a veteran like Vince Carter who actually plays. Maybe you know? the Grizzlies can can get Vince Carter at the deadline. That would be something. That'd Tires be a Grizzly. All right. Well. That'll do it for this uh, Grizzlies podcast. Good thing we'll have, this Novocaine is wearing off. We'll have uh, we'll have plenty more throughout the preseason. David is uh, just tireless, a tireless worker. There's so much stuff on commercialappeal.com that you can read. Um, he will, you know, there'll be coverage of the preseason games starting this weekend, and then the lead up to the regular season. Um, so, till next time, I was Mark, joined by David. Thanks so much, and uh, yeah. Preseason is here, baby.